You're listening to episode 26 of The Simple Business Show. The work you do for your clients feels fulfilling and impactful, but running a business? That feels hard. You're not only in charge of your client work, you're also head of marketing, management, admin, client satisfaction, systems and processes. Yeah, it can feel overwhelming. That's where this podcast comes in. You're listening to The Simple Business Show with me, Nisha Woolery. Each week, we'll discuss simple ways to start, market, and organize your service-based business. My mission? To teach solopreneurs how to simplify their business so they can earn more money by doing less stuff. Let's dive in. Just quickly interrupting the show to let you know about the freebie that comes with this episode. If you know you need to organize your service-based business, but you think you don't have time and you don't even know where to start, don't worry, I've got you. I created a free roadmap called the Roadmap to Organize Your Business, and it maps out the exact 10 areas of your biz that you need to organize ASAP. Step one is an area most solopreneurs overlook, But organize this and you'll not only achieve peace of mind, you'll most likely make more income. To download your free roadmap, go to nishawoolery.com slash roadmap. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I am so pumped to talk to you because I know that you have this incredible story about moving to a whole new state and retiring your husband so he could work with you, (laughs) moving into a home that you designed yourself and you did all of this while balancing running a business. So (laughs) I cannot wait to get into how you've balanced doing all of this. But first of all, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you. Um, My name is Kimberly Costa and I'm actually a brand and web designer. My business is Delightfully Designing and I really am just extremely passionate about branding specifically. I I do web design as well, but branding is where my love is. I just love doing color and drawing and designing. And so it it goes really well into branding. Awesome. And you've just launched Brand Seeds as well, right? Yes. I just launched a program for new business owners and it's to basically help them start branding the idea is there's a lot of um, business owners that want to launch their business, look professional, but it's very hard to work with a designer right out of the gate. And so Brand Seeds is geared toward them specifically. It's a membership where I'll be able to mentor them and help them do their branding. I love that. That is mm-hmm. such a cool idea. <laughs> yeah, I actually am really passionate about that. Yeah, I can tell. And I just know that it's going to go super, super well because it's a great idea. (laughs) But I mentioned uh, earlier on in the intro a little bit about your story, but I am going to hand it over to you to just tell us the rest of your amazing story because I think it's so fantastic. So why don't you go ahead and talk us through all of that? Okay. Well, I actually, and the the fun part here is that I, I didn't start out doing brand and web design at all. 
I went to oh, art really? school. Yeah. I went to art school and I was an animator. So I did animation for in New York City for a couple of years for, you know, the, the regular studios like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and PBS Kids and stuff like that. That was what I wanted to do originally. And when I graduated, everybody sort of shut down their studios and they were like, cause I was a traditional animator. I wasn't a computer animator. So they shut down their studios and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? But at the same time, while I was doing animation, I was also learning a little bit of web design and branding because I was trying to put my own website up. So that is how I got into branding and web design. I had to create an identity mm-hmm. for myself and I had to create my own website. So I started doing that. And as I started doing that on my own, people started asking me, oh, you know, who did your website or who did your logo or, you know, that kind of thing. And that is how mm-hmm. I got into branding and web design. So that is a, a piece of my story that I like to tell because a lot of people, you know, say, oh, but you're a designer. You've been doing this. I've been doing it for over 17 years, but I didn't start doing that. So, you know, I moved into it, which I think is important for people who, you know, want to do it themselves. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like three years ago, as a matter of fact, I guess because I never went to school, I never put myself out there as a brand and web designer. So typically what happened with me was I got a lot of work, um, through word of mouth. Um, actually Mm -hmm. all my work was word of mouth. So I never had a website up for my branding and web design ever until three years ago when my husband got laid off. And cause we'd been talking about retiring him. I was like, I remember actually telling him almost every day, I was like, remember this face, you know, I'd point at myself, I was like, remember this face, I'm going to retire you. And we would laugh. Mm -hmm. And it was like a thing that we were like, we would sit down and talk about it, but it was really scary because my husband worked on Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, he worked on Wall Street. We were very comfortable. So just kind of jumping off into our own was very scary. It was like one of those things where, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, sort of like maybe not a pipe dream, but like a, something that we were like, we would love to do it, but it was kind of like not for real. You know what I mean? We were very comfortable yeah, yeah. with him. It's scary. Going it's very, from, if very you, if scary. If you are very comfortable financially and your husband or your partner has got a great job, then it's a very scary thing to do to kind of take the risk of leaving that behind and going out on your own and doing your own thing. Yeah, it, it's very scary, especially I think when you have kids. And so if mm-hmm. for us, it was like we were comfortable, we were okay. And because I went to college with my husband, so he's also in, in the arts and he sort of ended up on Wall Street because when we were first going to get married, it was one of those things mm-hmm. where in animation, it's like being an actor. So one of us would have a job, then we would get laid off, then he would have a job and, you know, like that. So we were never yeah. going to be able to get married. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to, he had connections uh, on Wall Street and he got himself a job and then he ended up in there forever. So he wasn't happy. It was like a lot of stress for him and he he just really wasn't happy. That's not what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So we kept talking about it, but I think the longer he was in there, 
the harder it was going to be because now he was earning more and more, you know, throughout the years. So it was like one of those things where he kept saying he'd like to do it, but it was not realistic because now we had two kids and a home and the whole nine. So mm-hmm. that was that, I think that's what kept us from doing it. But then when he got laid off, I took the opportunity to say, you know what? I think this is the time to do it because we were sort of pushed into it. That I feel it was the only way to like push us out. You know what I mean? To like, someone had to like push us over the cliff and have us do it. Um, I remember he was very nervous and he was like, I, I really, you know, in the beginning he was looking for a job and he was like, I think I should go back. And I was like, I really think you shouldn't. I think we can do it. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, I remember he didn't realize that we'd been okay for a year with my business. And he was sort of like, oh, (laughs) you know, like he hadn't realized that we were actually surviving. So, and more than surviving, we were okay. That's when he was like, okay, maybe this can work. And it's funny because um, you sort of like assume the roles that you need to. And we sort of switched a little. Since I work from home, it's easy. It was easy to help him, but he went right into, you know, taking care of the boys and doing the school runs and, you know, taking care of the house. Like it was very, very flexible and he was really good about it too. And, And so he started helping me and it just became like, this can work, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So he ended up losing his job and you both decided, no, don't go back to searching for a job again. Just work at home with me. Was that how it worked? Yeah, that was pretty much how it happened because we had been talking about him leaving and, and coming to work with me, but he was too scared to do it. I think I was the one that was more like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. I'm, I'm a little more of the crazy one between the two of us. He's very, much, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's very much the one that's like, he needs to know where things are coming from and he needs to make sure everything's okay. So even now, like it's been three years, he's still every now and then he's like, I just, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? Like he can't believe that we're okay because then, yeah, you know, we lived in New Jersey. It's extremely expensive. And that's why we went into the move mm-hmm. because we had been, I said to him, if we, we are going to do this, we should move into a state that is easier to live in. The cost of living is much lower than New Jersey. I, if anybody, you know, is around New Jersey, New York, that area, you yeah, know, it's extremely yeah. expensive. So we were already looking at different states and we landed in Florida because my family is in Florida. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he actually said to me, you know, cause he never, ever, ever wanted to move to Florida. He used to say it all the time, but he was like, you know what? I'm open to anything. So he's like, go ahead, go, go look and you run with it. And so I was like, okay. And I came down, my dad drove up from Miami and we went to look at houses and there's a lot of homes being built in this little area called Claremont. And so we started looking around and I was like, you know what? I really love this area. And I want to build a house there. And so we did. And I just came down here on my own and I started designing the entire house (laughs) by myself. Everything that I wanted, you know, we just designed it. And then um, basically when we moved down here, my husband had never seen the house ever. 
Oh my so, goodness. Yes. <laughs> it was that was He sounds very, like a very amazing husband to trust is, you so much. He is really <laughs> to not know what the house is gonna look like. Yeah, especially <laughs> when he he's so like, you know, crazy like O C D about everything. I was very surprised that he didn't want to see the house at all. So when he mm-hmm. like walked in here, he was really quiet and he's just looking around and I'm getting nervous because he's not saying anything. And then he's like you did a really good job. You really did. And I was just like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like you can breathe now. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, oh my God, what if he hates the house? You know, like now we bought it. It's like too late. But no, he yeah. loved it. And um, we were really nervous about the kids. You know, we were taking them out of their environment for such a long time, but they did really well. And as a matter of fact, we ended up convincing my in-laws my husband's parents to move down with us and now they move they move behind us to the house behind us so my kids now get to go hang out with their grandparents all the time yep that sounds so cool I mean this all sounds like a dream this is awesome it does and every now and then we're like um we just don't want to like you know like rock the boat or anything because we're like we're in such a nice little spot right now and it's yeah, like, you but know, isn't it of, funny? It is. Oh, sorry. Go but ahead. Isn't it funny how like you were at one stage at a point where your husband was so comfortable in his job that you never would have imagined that this would happen for you guys? Yeah, no, definitely. I say that to him all the time. I was like, can you imagine if we had just continued to just, I guess, like stay in the status quo? Like we were okay, but you know, if his company hadn't folded or whatever, and he hadn't gotten laid off, we probably would have just stayed there. We probably wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. And I How think, do you think that you would have felt if you'd stayed? I don't know. I mean, I really like New Jersey. I think I would have been okay, but I definitely would have always wondered what if, and it was such a big what if, because he was not happy at his job. He was very stressed out. And you could tell that he was just like, you know, whatever. He was going to work to be a good husband and to take care of us. But he wasn't happy himself. Mm -hmm. And like now he's at home and he helps me. He does everything in the house. And he's also trying to, you know, get his illustration career started. So it is such a different environment now. And like even the kids have commented, I I have a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old. And at the beginning, they were like, um, is daddy gonna, gonna leave again? Like they didn't want to get comfortable in the fact that he was always home, but like now they're, I mean, it's been three years. So now it's very normal to have daddy around all the time. And it's just such a good thing. And my 10 year old has commented on it to me. He's like, I just love having you around and daddy around it's like such a nice thing and you know what I mean like I've had those kind of conversations with my son and it's really really nice yeah see I think that there are so many listeners who are in a similar position to what you used to be in who are listening to this wondering if they could possibly do the same thing for their own families like Mm -hmm. if they could retire their husbands I mean I am single at the moment kind of but I'm (laughs) like I've I've always thought in the future like oh what if I do end up with someone who really doesn't like his job um I wonder what the logistics of that would be you know if I decided 
to maybe try and retire him. Maybe he could work with me or I could like support us while he tries to do something that he right. um, dreams of doing. Because I am constantly hearing of women who say that their husbands are in, in jobs that they just really don't enjoy. So um, so I am going to ask you a couple of questions about that for everyone who's listening, who's okay. thinking, oh my gosh, I would <laughs> love to do the same thing for my husband. And then we can jump into even more about how you've balanced business with the move from Jersey to Florida. Okay. Okay. So I think first of all, while I was listening to you, the biggest question maybe that I have is that I had as I was listening was like, okay, so he helps around with the house a lot, which must help you so much to give you some time to work on the business itself. Mm -hmm. Does he do anything in your business? He takes a lot of overflow design work. So when I have, you know, design clients or whatever is, you know, taking too long for me, he takes it over because he is also, he went to art school as well. So he's also able Ah. to, yeah, to take design work, which is extremely helpful. And then I think because of his background on Wall Street, he's really much better than I am with like, he can tell right away. He actually just made me fire a client. Actually, it wasn't (laughs) even, I didn't even get a chance to fire a client. Like we just didn't even take them on because right away in the first meeting, he was sitting, cause we, our office is, you know, together we share an office. And, um, I got on the conversation on the call with, with the man and, um, he listened to the whole thing. And after it was done, he was like, I would not take that client on. And so I'm like, why, why, why? Mm-hmm. And like, it was really good to hear his feedback and, you know, what his perspective from having been in a different business. So I, and I said it to my friend cause, um, I have a copywriter friend that I do a lot of work with and, um, she was on the same call. And so we were, we had a a bad feeling about the experience and we were kind of like, I don't know, but we were going to go forward with it. And he was the one that like pulled us back. And he was like, no, you don't have to apologize. You don't have to feel bad when something's not good for you. It's not good for you. And we were like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. You know? And Cause we had had another call with the man and he was on the same call. He just listened to it. And again, he was like, if you don't see this train coming, I don't know how to help you. He's like, this is not a good fit. And we ended up listening to my husband and, uh, we didn't take that client on and we were so much happier that we didn't have to deal with it. Yeah. Do you, do you think that that's like a male, female thing? I, I do. And I said it to my friend, um, I remember saying to her, I think as women, sometimes we're very, we don't want to offend. We're very apologetic and we get very like, you know, maybe we can make this work. You know, we're a lot more, we try to make this work. Whereas men are like, you know what, this doesn't sound good to me and I'm not even going to stress myself out with it. And men are able to do that. And so it's a really good thing to have him you know, listen, he's, he doesn't say a thing. He's just over there doing his work, but he's hearing the conversation. And right away he will turn around and look at me and he'll say, no, <laughs> like he'll just, you know, look at me and like, no, no, yeah. no. So yeah. whatever it is that they have, like I'm able to have that just by having him next to me and saying to me, you know, this doesn't, sound like it's going to work. Same thing with like contracts or like emails, there's stuff, you know, when you run into like problems, 
that he's able to say, Hey, you know, he gives me a different perspective and he'll go in and, um, help me with like wording and whatever. So sometimes he'll like handle like sticky situations for me. Like the, you know, those emails that are like where you're having an issue with a client or something like that, where he's able to like handle it so much better. And I think it's also because I'm really emotional about everything. And I, get very affected when someone's not happy, when, you know what I mean? When something doesn't go right. Whereas he's like, Hey, you know, you don't need to get like that. This is just business. You have to, you know, present options and take care of it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And so it's really good to have his perspective on stuff. Yeah, I love that. So Mm -hmm. he helps you a lot with like problem solving and client management. Yes. I think like, the lesson here for everyone listening who's also really hopeful that they can retire their husband and maybe get them to work with them in the business is to maybe maybe like play to your husband's strengths. Mm-hmm. So as you were saying, he used to work on Wall Street and he's very logistical and he seems like he's a very straightforward, yeah. it's <laughs> black and white kind of person. <laughs> yeah. So that has helped you with balancing the emotional side of managing clients but for some people who are listening I don't know maybe your husband's an accountant or something and he's really good with numbers so you could put that to use in your business as well or maybe he's got a very creative job and you can give him all of the creative tasks in your business right so I definitely think like don't I mean if I was married and I was trying to do this I wouldn't just like pawn off tasks to him just for the sake of wanting to outsource them because I don't want to do them I would definitely try and play to his strengths like you have done because it seems like it's working very well yeah and I think when you talk to your husband or your partner about what is going on in the business because he'll he knows about my clients he knows them I have a lot of clients that I've had for like 10 or more years. So he knows them. Some of them know him. And so he's able to say, oh, you know, you should do this or you shouldn't take that or whatever. Like if you talk to them and include them in your business, they're able to help you with that. At least, you know, and not everybody can do that because I, I have other friends who try to talk to their partners about their business and it's not the same. So I think, you know, you have to like gauge and see how interested they are in what you're doing. And again, if it's something where you're going to try to work together on a business to be able to like get him out of work, maybe he would be more interested and more receptive, but um, I think it's important to include them. I've always included Patrick and he's a great asset. He just is. Yeah. And I think that a question that most listeners are probably thinking right now is how did you manage with losing his income? So I know we touched on it earlier on in the interview, but I think if you go from having two sources of income to suddenly having one and that's your business's income, how did you manage with that? That was one of the scariest things to happen because Mm -hmm. I remember being like, I'm crazy telling him that I can manage when he made, you know, so much more than I did. And I was like, I remember telling him, listen, you know, don't go look for a job. And then in my head being like, why am I saying that? (laughs) But (laughs) I just had so much faith that we could make this work. And so I think what we started doing in the beginning was we started tightening our belts, you know, with any spending or whatever. That was the first thing that we did. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I was able to get him to decide, okay, 
were going to move, it was like a lot easier to manage while we were at home. So we did have to go into savings. So it's not like, oh, we were just fine. I mean, we did have to go into savings and and take from there. But the whole time we had a plan in motion where we were going to move away from all the crazy expenses that we had in New Jersey. Because everything, you know, the mortgage was super high. Taxes were really high. Just everything yeah. was really high. So when we came down here, I mean, our, our mortgage is split. I, I think it's like even less than half now. We dropped one car. So like there are definitely sacrifices or changes that we made to be able to have the life that we have now. So I think those are the things that you have to weigh. Like what, how much is the quality of life versus just having things like, especially like the car, we only have one car now and that's the one car that we owned. So we don't have a car payment specifically. We don't need a second car here. I think we might yeah. have needed it in New Jersey, especially when he was working, but we don't now. Like we're both home. So that works. There are things that you have to figure out and see what can work. I mean, cost of living here is not that much different in Jersey. I think it's the real estate that's different, but there's a lot of other things that we've been able to take care of. And then also I ramped up like trying to get more client work. I hooked up with a friend who's a copywriter. I've been doing a lot of work with her. And then I think in like the second half of the second year, I picked up a really big client that I do work with. I'm an art director for them. It's very consistent work. So that right there, that is what allowed us to be comfortable because I basically, I didn't replace his salary and mine, but I ended up replacing his salary in like the second year. So I think, yeah, so it's more like, so I guess, are you trying to say it's more like, um, if you had given up your job, yeah, if you get what I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what it ended up being. So it ended up balancing out because I made less than he did. And then we ended up moving here. So we're comfortable. We're okay here in Florida. Whereas I think we would have been maybe struggling in New Jersey. So I think if you want to do this, if you want your husband to work with you, I think there has to be an openness to maybe moving to a different state that works better for you. Maybe, you know, sacrificing certain things that maybe you, you wanted or you've always needed, but maybe you won't need later on. I think at first it's scary. And maybe I, mm-hmm. I don't think for Patrick and I was that scary to move to a different state because we had moved around a lot, but I mean, we were moving away from family and stuff like that. But again, it was, we were trying to design a life. And part of that was like, you know, making sure that our kids were okay and we were okay and that we were providing that stability, but also having Patrick here with us at home, because that has been really great for the kids. And for me, you know, I like working with him. So the sacrifices are worth it because the quality of life is really good. Yeah, exactly. And I think so many people who are listening would agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think that when it comes right down to it, at the end of the day, our lives are not really about the stuff that we yeah. can collect, but about the moments that we collect and the mm-hmm. people that we collect those moments with. And if you have a partner that is miserable at their job or just isn't enjoying it, or you really feel like 
you need to spend more time together and the kids want to spend more time with you both, then this just makes a lot of sense. And I do love the point that even while you have cut back on expenses and gotten rid of expenses that you don't necessarily need, what you also did was like ramp up your marketing efforts because I think sometimes some people who are listening to this maybe might think to themselves, you know, I could never do this because I don't know how I would find the clients. I don't know how I would make up that income. But I really do think that when push comes to shove, if you are put in a situation or you put yourself in a situation where you have no other option but to learn to market better, then that's exactly what you'll do and you'll make it happen. It happens. Yeah. And I've seen it a couple of times in in my own business where you set a goal and you're like, I need to hit this goal. And somehow it happens. I really don't know how it just, it just, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. Is it the fight or flight kind of thing where you end up like doing it or you end up attracting things to yourself too? Like this consulting job, like ended up coming out of nowhere and I wasn't looking for that specifically. And it was in New York. And when I went to talk to them, I was kind of like very nonchalant. I was like, oh, well, you know, I can't really work with you guys because I'm moving to Florida because I had all that in place already. You know, we were moving. Yeah. And they were very like, oh, that doesn't matter. We work with people all over the place. And I think that's something to remember nowadays, too. I think there's a lot more people that are receptive to working with entrepreneurs that are working from home, freelancers and stuff like that, people are starting to get a lot more receptive. I talked to another woman that I I just met a couple of weeks ago and she's working for, she's a consultant for IBM. So she has her own clients and she's consulting for them. So with those two things, she's able to make a really good income for herself. So I think you have to just be open to different kinds of opportunities, however they come. Again, like the, you know, diversifying your income streams is like huge. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This episode is sponsored by my premium course, Organize and Automate. Working for yourself can be stressful. Your clients are late providing you with the assets you need to start their project. Your projects finish, but your clients are still emailing you with millions of questions. And getting them to pay you on time is like tearing yourself away from a four-hour binge session of This Is Us. Not going to happen. That show is awesome. If that sounds like you, don't worry. I've got you. Head to organizeandautomate.com slash podcast and join today to organize your entire freelance business in just two weeks on the side of your regular routine. So you can finally put an end to these client issues and stop stressing out. And I know that you mentioned uh, briefly earlier on that you've also teamed up with a copywriter to Mm -hmm. get clients. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, I actually love working with her. I actually hired her for me and uh, because I loved her. I loved her writing and I remember being, and, and actually I think I did it right when Patrick got laid off. So it was a huge expense right when we had just lost his income. And I remember him saying, you know what, if you really want to do it, if you believe that this will make a difference, then let's do it. And we did it. And I didn't know it was going to make a difference in the ways that it did because 
she did my copy and it was great and the emails and whatever, but then she ended up becoming a friend and we ended up doing a ton of business together. So my investment ended up paying, you know, forward like so much because now I had a partner to work with because everybody, for me, it's always the same. I do branding and web design and a lot of people expect or ask if I do copywriting for the website. And I'm always like, no, you, you have to have your own content or your own copywriter. And so I never really had anyone to refer to. So I started referring her and then I ended up, I started saying yes to some people. I was like, oh yes, yes, we do copywriting. And I just started, you know, I'd bring her and I'd say, Misha, can you do copywriting for this? You know, like what would you charge? And we started doing quotes together and we started doing really big projects together because she had her own projects. Again, the same thing happened to her where people were like, well, do you know anybody who can do web design? And then she started saying yes. So it was now both of us bringing in much bigger projects for each other. So, and then it was a lot of referrals from her and referrals from me. Do you know what I mean? So it was like two people yeah. marketing now instead of just one. I think that is one a person, huge yeah. thing. Yeah. Like pairing yourself with somebody who would make sense for your business, you know, who is like the next step or maybe the step before you is really great. I think because it, it helps you both to market to the same people that need the same services. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, her name is Nisha as well. So that makes her even more awesome. Actually, I was telling (laughs) her about Nisha. Okay. (laughs) I was laughing because she was like, oh, you said, because she thought you said, I said uh, Misha. And I was like, no, her name is Nisha. I'm going to be on Nisha's podcast. Uh, Okay. (laughs) They write Misha on my Starbucks cup like every time. And now (laughs) I'm just so used to it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So that is super awesome because I do think that this is a really simple marketing strategy that so many uh, solopreneurs, so many creatives completely miss out on. But yeah, like teaming up with somebody else, if you both have the same target market, but you offer different yet complementary services can really work well. Yeah. I do want us to touch a bit more as well about your move to a different state and designing your dream home. Were you working on your business while you did those things? Yes, I was. I mean, I was the (laughs) only one working, so I had to continuously work. And so I actually took your course, um, Organize and Automate, which was Mm -hmm. fantastic. So I'd been able to set up my schedules and and do that kind of stuff. I had people on Asana and whatever. So it was like really great. I had people organized. So I was able to, you know, I took, I think it was like a weekend where I, I just actually came down to Florida to look at the homes and, uh, I had my dad with me. So we went through, it was like a weekend. We just came through, looked at, I wanted to see the area and I wanted to see the homes that we could, you know, possibly move into. Mm -hmm. And then I went back, reported to my husband. I was like, this is a nice area. I had looked at the schools, like the whole nine. And then when we said, okay, we're going to go there. I was like, I think I want to go with this place. Then I came back down again. And this time I brought my in-laws because they were considering coming with us. So again, my father came up and it was a longer stretch. So I did have some time off there. I think maybe it was like Mm -hmm. five days or something. And then we came down here. I was doing the 
the design meeting. So I went through and, you know, I think my mom and sister came up and I just went crazy. I I remember being like, okay, this is going to be our house. Like for, you know, we never say it's going to be our house forever because we've moved around a lot. So we know that that happens, but um, we just wanted to make sure that this house had everything that we had. We owned, I think like two houses before that. So we wanted to make sure we knew already what we wanted and what we didn't. And so designing it was really fun also because Patrick was like, just go ahead and do whatever you want. <laughs> so that was wow. really fun. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he trusts me a lot. You know, we're both designers. So we had spoken about what we wanted. We wanted something clean and um, modern. And so, you know, we were like specifically like, we're going to be in Florida. The climate is different. We are used to being in like more, you know, the colder climate and whatever here, it's going to be nice and uh, uh, warm. We're going to be able to be outside more. So we wanted to just have the house be lighter and brighter. So, you know, we mm-hmm. went with like all white kitchen. Like we just did a lot of like fun stuff or I just did it and he enjoyed it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I, I mean, like, that is just such a dream to me. Like I would love to do that one day, just design my own home. I feel like it would be so much fun. Um, But I mean, of course you've balanced designing an entire home with being a mom and being the, uh, the only person currently working at that time to provide for your family. So tell us like, what are your top three tips for balancing a busy life with running an online business? I think one of the really big ones for me is, um, focus, focus. And Mm -hmm. it's something I struggle with too. Like, I think you need to have, and I'm not a big person on like, you know, um, what are like humongous goals. Like I set a goal for myself usually every year and my, my intentions, I set my intentions for the year is, is what I should say. I think Mm -hmm. in the beginning when I was trying to build up my business, when Patrick was still working, I set like monthly goals for revenue. What I've noticed, and I don't know if this has happened to you, but when you set goals, you start to meet them. And when you don't, like you just, there's no sort of guide. And I think for some people, and I remember for me, it was really scary because I don't like to set goals that I feel like I can't meet. But if I don't set goals you don't meet anything because there's no goal. So I think having that focus where you're trying to get to a certain place makes a big difference. And I think it sounds really weird when you're saying it, because it's like, if you don't set a goal, you're not going to meet it. But in a very strange way, that is exactly what happens. Uh, When you set a goal, I remember feeling like there were stretch goals and I'd meet them in like, you know, three, six months. And I was like, wow, I got here. And it was like amazing because you never thought you were going to get there. There's something about having intention and focus that makes things happen. I think it either changes you and what you're trying to do. I think it also attracts things to you. I really can't speak to how that happens, but I've seen it time and again in my own business where I do set a goal and I'll meet it. There isn't a goal that I haven't gotten to, even though I've been scared to set it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. I definitely believe that if you set 
a goal, you can always make it happen. Like you Mm -hmm. can do anything. And time and time again, we see, you know, if you set a time frame on your goal as well, like let's say you say to yourself, I'm just going to like make up a goal completely. Mm -hmm. But let's say that you say, I want to make 10K this month. And you set that as the goal, set that as the intention. Most of the time, most people who are hardworking people or like not even necessarily hardworking, but just like smart working and mm-hmm. resilient will achieve that goal and they'll do it in one month. Right. Whereas if they had said, I want to make 10K in three months, they most likely would have made it in three months as well. Right. But the difference is that they told themselves, I'm going to make it happen in one month and then planned accordingly and made that happen. I think that like what you said, setting the goal itself is super important because only when you set the goal will you actually achieve it. Yeah. But even going one step further and adding a time frame to that goal, I guarantee you time and time again, you'll see that when you set that time frame, you do achieve the goal in the time frame because you're just so much more focused and you have a much clearer intention, yeah. which then allows you to create a much clearer plan on how you have to spend your time to achieve your goals. Yes. I completely agree. And it's always so hard to explain to people because it's a scary thing. Like some, you know, some, I don't know, some people set goals and they don't get to them maybe, or, or they feel scared about setting a goal. Or I feel like when you, when you do set them, it changes something inside you and you just start doing stuff that you didn't do before, or that maybe you would, Mm -hmm. you just kind of sit on, but when you have the goal, you don't. You start going out there, you start talking to people, you start networking, and then things start coming your way that wouldn't have come otherwise. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think my other tip is um, flexibility. And I think this is important for moms specifically, because it is extremely stressful to run a business with little kids. My boys are now six and 10. But I was running my business when I was pregnant. I was running a business before, you know. Um, so I've run through all those different stages. And it is really, really important. I, I used to have a, a letterpress studio. I, I still do letterpress. But um, I remember having to print. And I was pregnant. And I had a three-year-old. And so it was extremely tiring And, you know, I sometimes, you know, when you're pregnant, your emotions, your hormones are all over the place. I remember like almost wanting to cry, but giving yourself the flexibility to do what you need to do. One of the things that I always did was for my um, web clients, which I had to always get online with on a call or whatever. I always told everybody, hey, you know, I have little kids at home. So it was kind of like a qualifier. If this bothers you, if, if listening to little kids in the background is going to be a problem for you, then we're probably not a good fit because while I try to keep my boys occupied doing something else, I have to keep them nearby. They were little, you know, they were three and one or four and one. So I have a lot of clients who knew me before I even got married these people have grown with me. They're definitely my people because they've never had an issue with hearing my kids in the background. And so I remember being nervous about new clients and saying the same thing. I never have had an issue, to be honest with you. So that flexibility, 
even comes into play with how you deal with clients. And the other thing with flexibility was allow yourself to do whatever you need to do to get your work done. I remember having my kids on the floor making a huge mess where I I would tell Patrick, like, I have to move two steps back to move one step forward because that was the only way I was able to do my work, letting them have a mess in the house, you know, or in this one area where I could watch them while I did my work. And then once I got finished, I was able to turn my work in, whatever. And then I had a whole mess to clean up, but you know, I got my work done. So the flexibility to allow yourself to do whatever you need to do to get your work done, to get, you know, hit your goals and whatever. I I think that's something that should be allowed because you in the online space, you see all these like beautiful offices and everybody has like gorgeous, like layouts of their desks and whatever. And sometimes that's not the case at home. I, yeah, they, most often, of the time. <laughs> yeah, oftentimes it's not the case at all. So if I had taken a picture of my office, you would have seen, you know, Legos all over the place and like drawings and paint everywhere. I mean, it was insane. But I got my work done. Yeah. And yeah. My last. Yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> yeah. My last tip is, is grace. And it goes right into from flexibility. I, I think giving yourself grace when you don't meet your goals, giving yourself grace when you don't get that client, giving yourself grace when, you know, you're feeling, I don't know, because sometimes things aren't necessarily going bad, but they're not going so well. And just saying, you know, it's okay. Like you are trying your best every single day. You're working with clients you're doing extra work on your business. You have little humans to take care of. You have a husband, you know, that needs you as well. I mean, and then in that time, you also have to find time to give yourself some space and some grace. I I think that is a huge one. And that's one that I always struggled with because I'm always like on the go, on the go, on the go. Like I'm always working. Mm -hmm. If I'm not doing client work, I'm doing work on my business or Uh, you know, playing with the boys or doing so. I mean, I think as moms, we do that all the time as women in general, we're always like going from one thing to the next. And it's funny. The one person who has taught me to do that, to slow down and give myself space is my husband, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. He's the one that's (laughs) like, you know what? One day, actually recently, I think it was like a month ago, I was working and he's like, Hey, come over here. And I was like, what, what I'm I'm working on something. And he's like, I know, but just come over here. He had drawn a bath for me. He put like candles up. Like he had this whole thing and he was like, get into the bath, be quiet and just sit and relax. He's like, you work too hard. And you know, he left me in the bathroom. He closed the door and he took care of the boys. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) cause that's something that (laughs) I don't do for myself. And I think it's important to do, to rest a little, you know. It is, for sure. Self-care is so important because if we just completely overlook it, eventually we reach that point where we just feel burned out and we Mm -hmm. feel resent towards our businesses. And that's just not what you want to feel. I think if you want a business that is 
sustainable and actually feels good and a business that will last for years and not just one or two years before you're so yes. burned out you can't cope anymore right. that you do need to remember your self-care. Yeah. And you have to remember why you're doing your business. At least for me in the beginning, when we had first gotten married, I remember saying to my husband, cause I was working as an art director somewhere. And I remember saying to him, I want to quit and I want to start working on my own because I'd like to be home when we have kids. And we were very intentional with a lot of things that we did. And uh, he was like, okay, you know, I had a couple of clients and we weren't making a lot of money, but we didn't have kids. So we were like, let's try it now. And so we started building that foundation. And the whole point of doing this is, you know, for the quality of life, for spending time with your kids and whatever. And then if you get so bogged down with working on your business and working with clients and all this stuff, and then you don't spend time with your kids or your family, what's, what's the point? Exactly. Cause if they were the reason in the first place mm -hmm. that you created this business, yeah, you know, what, what is the point in, in working on it constantly 24 seven all the time to the point where you're neglecting the people that you created this thing for in the first place. Exactly. Um, or the things that you, the freedom that you wanted when you first started your business. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that like, I love just going back to your, your third and final point there, the point of giving yourself grace. I just think that's such a wonderful tip to end this interview on. Cause as we were saying earlier, like yeah, you have to set your goals and you have to really focus on those goals. And usually when you set a goal and you give yourself a time frame, most people do achieve it, but there are always unexpected external things that can happen, guys, mm -hmm. that just get in your way of achieving certain goals, or there could be mindset issues as well. But the point is that if you don't achieve your goals or if you do need some time away from your business like we were just talking about maybe you need some time for self-care because you're feeling too stressed always remember to give yourself grace because we are all human beings at the end of the day and we all deserve to give ourselves grace yeah so I agree oh go on no, there, <laughs> there's a quote that I think I actually put it on my Instagram that I think is is so fitting for this grace thing it's um failing is just an opportunity to begin again more intelligently and for me when when yeah. I read that I was like oh my gosh that's true like it, it's because failing is viewed so badly all the time but sometimes you know what sometimes you fail it just means that didn't work out but now it you have a chance to try it again in a different way and be more intentional. And now you have a little more experience. And I think if we change the way we think about failure and we don't see it as failure or we, you know, make failure a good word instead of a bad word, it would be different. Yeah. Failing is, I mean, I kind of see failing as a good thing because yeah. if you're failing at something, then at least you're trying at yeah. something. And if you do quote unquote fail, right. then and you have to start over. You're not starting over from nothing. Exactly. You're starting over from the experience exactly. that you've gained from, you know, maybe messing it up the first time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I love that point that failures really, they're just lessons that will help us grow. I agree. So to wrap up this interview, tell mm -hmm. us what your definition of a simple business is. A simple business. I think a simple business for me is a business that allows me to be with my family. That is my main goal um, always. Even before I had my boys, I want a business that 
runs smoothly, a business that works for me, not a business that I have to be a slave to. That for me is what a simple business is. I don't think anything about business is simple, but I think the idea Mm -hmm. of business can be simple. I think a business that supports your life and the way that you want to live it is what I see as a simple business because then you know exactly what this business is supposed to do and you're able to put boundaries around it so that it doesn't spill into your family life and take over. I think that's what a simple business means for me. I love that definition. (laughs) And lastly, I'm sure people would love to learn more about you. So where can people find you? You can find me at delightfullydesigning.com. That's my website. And um, usually in all my handles are delightfully designing. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah. And then the, the last thing that I wanted to have you guys find is brand seeds, which we talked about in the beginning. And that is delightfullydesigning.com slash brand dash seeds. And that is my passion project now. And I've been extremely excited about putting this forward. We've welcomed a couple of members already in there. And it, it, I actually did not expect people to be so crazy into doing their own brands, but there's been so much buzz in there already. And we're getting ready to do our first workshop. It's just really exciting. So yeah, I would love for people to look at that. I think offering an option between when you start your business and when you're able to hire a designer, because I really think that's a milestone, something in Mm -hmm. the interim, in that gap, that's what I wanted to work on, to be able to offer guidance and coaching around how to do your own business, do your own branding. That's my passion. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I'm super excited to see Brand Seeds grow because it seems and it looks incredible. But thank you so much for joining me today. It's been truly so much fun just talking through everything with you from retiring your husband to designing (laughs) your dream home. It's just been so much fun. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Nisha. I really, really enjoyed it. Hey friend, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss future episodes. And if you're feeling extra motivated by what was discussed today, I would seriously appreciate it if you'd open up the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave a super quick review. Honestly, your reviews tell iTunes that this podcast is worth listening to. And iTunes then gets this show in front of more solopreneurs so they can get the help they need to bring more inner calm to their business. Okay, that's it from me today. Thank you for listening and I will speak to you soon.